0: Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then over in Matthew 1, we'll start down in verse 18 and read to the end of the chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his word this morning. You may be seated.
1: Though it is the last Sunday of November, it is the first Sunday of what is traditionally referred to as Advent. Um, I like to, and Steve and David and I met on Wednesday, and they... are, they like it as well from that perspective so i feel more free to say this we like to refer to it as a, the, the feast of the incarnation um getting away from the the, the terms of tradition where um, christmas is called cr- christmas and for those who don't know why christmas is christmas it's literally you have it on your sermon note sheet it's shortened form of Christ Mass the christ mass This mass comes from the catholic church and this isn't to pick on the catholic church by any stretch of the imagination other than to, to understand what the concept is that they do with mass mass is the the, the killing of christ all over again it's a sacrificing of christ so they have the the morning sacrifice and they have the evening sacrifice they are much like a modern day judaism if you would And so, just as Judaism would have the the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice, that's what Catholicism does, and that's what the Mass is. And so, rather than calling it the Christ Mass, because we're not having Mass, to to go back and to understand what it is. And we're not told, biblically, that we are to to, um, specifically observe this day. Um, But there are two, if you would, feasts that I think, using the Jewish heritage that we stand on from the new covenant from the old covenant so the concept of feasts there are two feasts that really that the church has that are um specific times for us to remember what god has done and one of them is the feast of the incarnation and this is the time that we celebrate a remembrance of the grace of god appearing unto man. that that god by his grace in fulfillment of the, the what he had planned for redemption stooped down if you would condescended into humanity that he who was infinite took upon the likeness of man became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the father and in such a way that he then who was in a very nature god and thought it not robbery to be equal with god set it aside that he could be made in the likeness of man so that he could then bear the penalty of our sins. We celebrate the resurrection. We call it Resurrection Day um, rather than Easter. Because Easter, again, is from the word Ishtar, Ishtar Monoth. And we don't celebrate Ishtar. We don't celebrate the um, spring er, uh, equinox and that kind of stuff. And so it's all about the resurrection. But you wouldn't really have the resurrection. Think about this. You wouldn't have the resurrection if you didn't have... <laughs> the incarnation, yeah, Passover. But yeah, the resurre- you wouldn't have the resurrection if you didn't have the incarnation. And so so for me, this is one of the most exciting times of the year, one of the most mind boggling times of the year. I can almost I can deal with resurrection from the perspective of it's God. Makes sense, and God can do anything, right? But how does the eternal one come down and not be, just become a man? I mean, he transformed, like getting in front of Abraham, right? I mean, just does the transformation thing, and there's a man. Boom! But do you understand that when Jesus was incarnate, that it began as a zygote? I mean, we're going to talk about this briefly this morning, but God comes, and he, if you would, impregnates Mary, just like a normal pregnancy. I mean, Mary wasn't all of a sudden, boom, nine months pregnant. You know, there was this baby Jesus ready to give. And so for Bob, you've got he who is above and beyond everything becoming the tiniest little thing that you can imagine and to go through the fullness. And so this is a time for me to battle against what the world has done with this time that for the next four weeks, five weeks, you're going to be inundated with materialism, with the God of of our culture. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, you can't serve both. Choose one or the other. And so this is a weekly reminder, at least to Bob. Hopefully, I'm not dragging everybody down with me type thing. But a weekly reminder of what we are looking for toward what we are looking forward to and it's not just to get a bunch of big presents it's not just to have a tree that's that's in your house it's not to do all the things that the gentiles do but we're not gentiles we're, we, well we are but you get what i'm saying we're not those that we were before it's different this is different for us change the way we think about the customs and traditions of our people and so the Feast of the Incarnation is a, is a mighty thing. In Isaiah 48, verse 12 to 16, I kind of alluded to this passage this morning as well um, when we had some really good discussion from Galatians this morning. But in Isaiah 48, verse 12 to 16 says Listen to me, O Jacob, in Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand up together. Who's talking? Yahweh, God, right? I mean, the creator. It's pretty clear. All of you assemble yourselves and hear. Who among them has declared these things? Yahweh loves him. He shall do his pleasure on Babylon. So whoever this this is, is sovereign over nations as well, right? He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans, I, even I, have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I have brought him, and his way shall prosper. Come near to me. Hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. Who's talking? Yahweh. Now look what Yahweh says. And now Yahweh Adonai and his Ruach have sent me. This is Old Testament. This isn't New Testament. This is the Trinity. This is the triunity of God right here in the book of Isaiah. Yahweh declaring, and now Yahweh Adonai and His Ruach, His Spirit, have sent me. You have the Father sending the Son along with the Spirit, with the Father doing it. Zechariah 2, verse 10 and 11. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst, says... Yahweh many nations shall be joined to Yahweh in that day and they shall become my people aren't you excited this is what this is all about because he came he fulfilled this promise so that many nations could be joined to him who who was his nation before Israel in order to come to him prior to this moment how did you come to him by being a proselyte like if you would, to Israel. And so he said, continues on. He says, They shall become my people, and I will dwell in your midst. Then you shall know, then you will know that Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, has sent me to you. And then finally, John 1, verse 1, 10, and 14. We could read all 14, but for the sake of time, these three verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But literally, in the Greek, it is God was the word. It's a definition of who God is, not necessarily who the word is, which makes it very much more impactful because who is God? Who is God? He's the word. Well, what do we know about the word? Well, we, first of all, we know that he was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not know him and that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When we beheld his glory, the glory, of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So who is the God that John is talking about in John chapter one? Jesus, and the word became flesh. That's the incarnation. That's the mystery of this moment. The meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who was God. This is a marvelous time where we can remember what our God has done. I mean, a great moment. So this year, what we're going to do over the next, Lord willing, over the next four weeks, is be considering for the voices of the Incarnation. Today, we want to consider the voices of faith. And if you haven't guessed that from the Bible reading, that's Mary and Joseph. And uh, again, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be Mary or Joseph, but even more, Mary. I mean, Joseph, I get it from the guy's perspective. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I can't imagine. I almost wanted us to sing Mary, did you know? But I want the, the hymns to be really focus on god not mary right but if you some of you you know the song just by your reactions right but mary did you know that when you kiss this little baby you kissed the face of god did you know that this little baby is the great i am i mean this little baby that you just gave birth to is the one who created you i can't i mean what a mind-boggling thing that would have been i mean if you've ever breastfed your babies do you ever ladies did you ever ponder that if I'm a lady, I'm, I'm pondering that. I I mean, I, I will be pondering. I mean, I don't get the pleasure of doing that, okay? But I would be pondering Mary while I was breastfeeding my child. She got to breastfeed God. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, he's your provider and protector, and yet you are providing and Joseph's protecting him. What an amazing moment. But before all that happened, before she ever had that pleasure, if you would, before she was able to ponder all these things in her heart as we read, she had this crisis of faith that comes into her life. How is she going to respond to what's getting ready? I mean, think about it. She didn't wake up that day saying to herself, you know, I think this is the day that God's going to call me to have a miraculous birth and I'm just going to be the mother of God and all that. She lived a normal life. She was just like like you, well, the girls, okay, not you guys, and so, and, and just in just doing her normal life, doing her normal thing, and all of a sudden, God interrupts it, she's probably 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, right, she's just doing a normal girl thing, and God says, hey, I got a special favor for you, to ask of you, she was a virgin, now, this is exciting, because the, the, there is a great debate, okay, a great debate, how, why is this important, not important, that kind of stuff. And there was a pastor of a local church, big local church, many, many years ago, he's not there anymore, who in his message stated, it, what's the big deal whether she's a virgin or not a big, or whether she's not, it, it's not a matter. I mean, none, your, your, your faith isn't reliant upon the fact that she, yes, it is. Your faith is, it, it, it is critical to this. And not only that, look, God could again chose any word he chose to use. He used the word parthenon to describe her here. A Parthenon, is, other than a big Greek um, building, literally means a virgin. He could have used the word kore uh, or koretsi, which literally would have been a young damsel. And so if, if it wasn't a, a, a term that he wanted to care about, he could have just called her that. It could have just been a young girl. But this was a Parthenon. And there was a reason then why that, that, that would be the case. Because as a virgin, when she gave birth to Jesus, Right? She wouldn't have had any relationship with a man, right? And so there would be no confusion over to who Jesus' father was. Why is that important? We talked about it a little bit in in Sunday School, very briefly, when we're talking about whether angels sin, can sin, and whether they can be redeemed, and all that kind of junk. So, say again? Sin passes through the man, as in Adam, all die. So sin passed on through Adam, right? And so the sin passes on through <coughs> the man. And so because God was his father, then sin wasn't passed on to him. He was sinless, perfect. He had to be the perfect sacrifice in order for us to be redeemed. If she wasn't a virgin... Then she couldn't fulfill this thing. Now, also, it's a fulfillment of what God declared prophetically. That would be a huge sign. What kind of sign would it be that a little girl, that a that a young girl, was going to have a baby? Not. I mean, that was normal. You'd have a guy who would betroth to a, a young lady. You would get with her. You would have a baby. That's a normal process. Not a miraculous sign. And so. So the, the point of Isaiah, then, there was going to be this miraculous sign where a virgin was going to give birth to a son. And everybody would know that this son was the Son of God. He would be Messiah. Secondly, then, she was betrothed to Joseph. Okay, Now, this is important, because from the perspective of the world, Joseph was his what? Father. And what do we know about Joseph? I can't hear you. He was in the lineage of... Brian, so I was trying to point where the voice was coming from. He's from the lineage, the lineage of David. He's from the lineage of David. Okay, and we know that when Jesus came, he would sit sit on the seat of the throne of David. Okay, so so she's betrothed. That's her condition. But now all of a sudden becomes this confusion. Okay, and so this is where we want to look at um, again Luke here, where the angel comes. Okay, and and the angel is going to talk to her. And he's going he's gonna to give her this communication, okay? And so, um, yeah, here we go. Verse 28. And having come, an angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When was the last time, girls? I mean, we can talk to guys. We'll talk to guys in a second. But girls, when was the last time you had an angel show up in your house? I mean, just kind of out of the blue. I mean, you're just kind of laying there on your bed, you know, just chilling out for the moment. You know, maybe reading a book, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, there's this angel in the middle, you know, glow all about. And he's just kind of there, you know, we don't really know that, you know, we don't really read about the glow. But you can kind of picture that, you know, we have seen all the movies. Come on. And so you have this kind of glow that's there, you know, and and he says, hell, thou highly favored one. You know, what would be your reaction? You are greatly blessed among all women. I'm going to die. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, you're, you talk about all the things that you see and you think about before you die. You know, some people say they see angels. You know, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm, this is my death angel coming to see me. You know, God, God wants me to be with him. He loved Enoch, right? And Enoch was no more. So this is my moment. God loves me. I'm highly favored. And I'm about ready to go meet him. And so here he comes in. and He says this. Verse 29. It kind of makes sense. When she saw him, she was what? Afraid, she was troubled at his saying. I mean, you know, kind of, you'd think that, wow, that's a great saying. You'd be really blessed. No, I don't think so. I think you'd be kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Okay, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You think it was bad before? Listen to this. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. What an amazing thing that that the angel would declare to her. That because she was so highly favored and blessed of God, she was going to become impregnated with the child of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking if I'm a girl, and I'm only betrothed, I haven't had a relationship with anybody. i got to ask myself what? How is this going to happen? Now, this is important because the angel is going to clarify. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Okay? But what happened six months before this? Say again? Elizabeth became pregnant. But what happened before Elizabeth became pregnant? She was barren. Okay? So she was barren. Good, Zechariah doubted. So, start from the beginning with that one. Zechariah got a, a a message, right? Okay, and so he responds as well. He's a little bit confused, but his in his confusion, he doubted. He doubted, and he asks for a sign. And so his sign is to become a mute <laughs> until until um, Elizabeth gives birth to the baby. Right. So when we come to Mary. Mary's confusion is slightly different. She's not doubting that God can do it. She's more doubting herself. I don't know a man. I mean, I've not been with a man. I I don't know how this can play out. And so, the angel then gives the clarification. He says, um, he goes on, how can this be? Verse 34, 35. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is be, to be born will be called the Son of God. At this point, at this point, then Zacharias would have said, what? Can you show me a sign to know that this is really going to happen? Right? That And what does Mary say? Verse 36. Or I'm sorry, verse... Um, verse 38. Mary says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Her conclusion was one of submission. I love the word that's used here. Behold the what? Maidservant. Literally, in the Greek, this is the word doule. doule. Now, we talk about doulos, because that's the masculine version of it, okay? But doule is the feminine. What's a doulos? A bond servant, a, a slave. Many times translated as slave, most times transla- it's, it's more of a bond servant. And so that's what her. It's not just handmade. I mean, but behold the servant, the bond servant, the slave of the Lord. May it be to me, as whatever he decides. That's that's a pretty good response. I don't understand. I don't get how it can be. But nothing's impossible with God. You said it yourself, angel. Therefore, if this is God's will, then what? Let it be. Here I am. I'm a slave. I'm his servant. I'm willing to do whatever. It was then one of faith. Because in that act of submission, she's taking a stand. She's taking a step. Declaring what? I really believe that God can do whatever he's declared that he will do. Again, I, I like to put myself in that spot. I, I mean, it, the Trinity, eternity boggles my brain. It causes me to spin, 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 spin. Having the God, fullness of the Godhead come down into the zygote boggles my brain. But now I'm the young girl in which all that's going to happen. It's all going to happen in me. It's one thing to discuss it all in theory and to say, well, this happened and and those kind of things. It's another thing to say that God's going to do it in and through you. So, God wants you to grab all the, the false prophets of our day together. Take them all up onto a high mountain. And he wants you to, to open up your mouth and put him to the challenge and say, Hey, let's do this. Let's prove who the real God is. You guys call out to who you say is God and ask him to rain down fire on whatever you want to put out there, a little sacrifice. And I'll do the same. The first God that does it is the real God. Now, that was who? Okay, Elijah. But had Elijah ever seen that happen before? No. But he believed God enough to, to to know that God was asking him to do the what? Impossible. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna build this altar. I'm gonna put something on it. And I'm gonna and then he goes to the next step. I don't know if I'd have gone the next step. What does he do? He puts water on it. Make he makes the impossible task harder, even more impossible. <laughs> And, but yet he believes. He believes by faith because God told him it was going to be. And so, so since God said so, I have no doubt in it. Mary got a visit from an angel. I don't think she's ever met Gabriel before. This is a, like a first time meeting here, And she goes from, to, okay, let it be to me whatever happens. I, is amazing to me do you believe jesus is coming back really i mean really do you really 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 believe that come on i mean things have have gone on the same way they've gone on for thousands of years people have been saying this for thousands of years and he hasn't come do you really believe that now i know i'm i'm mocking a little bit but do you understand why if we really believed it, what would we do with our lives? We'd live it that way, wouldn't we? I mean, that's what happened to Elijah. I think it's what happened with Mary. Women. This is a woman thing. Guys, you can jump in. I know, pediatrician, you probably have a little information here. But, Marsha, I'm going to pick on my own wife. When, when did you know you were pregnant? Was it like the next day you just kind of knew? Oh, I just know. Oh, I'm pregnant. This is kind of exciting. You just don't know that, do you? I mean, it doesn't, it it may be, you know, three weeks until you miss that next time of the month. I mean, you know, just being graphic here. And so, I mean, we we don't know. And it may be that you say, well, I'm just a little bit late. Or maybe something happened. And maybe you waited till the second month and you confirmed it or whatever. And I don't know how that plays out. But it's at least a couple weeks probably. How would her life changed at this moment? Did she talk to Joseph right away? Because we're getting ready to talk about, to jo- about Joseph in a second. I mean, Joseph's got a lot to say in this whole matter, doesn't he? But by faith, Mary, when she heard, received the message with gladness and replied as a bond slave of God that she would do and allow her body to be used in any manner Jesus said that when he comes back, persecution would increase. Just make that jump there. We may be called upon to do and make massive commitments of faith for our God. God, behold your doulos, behold your lay behold your slave, behold your bondservant may it be done to me with my body and with my life, whatever you choose to do with me. God may call you into the mission field rather than just be beheaded or persecuted or maybe calling you to the mission field to be beheaded and persecuted. Are you willing to leave the things of this life to follow what God's will for you is? Are you willing to submit and act in faith? So the second individual, again, is Joseph. We read about him, then, in Matthew. So you can turn to Matthew 1. Say again. Oh, I did. You See, I forgot, and you forgot, too. I wanted to light that way back in the beginning when we were talking about the, the importance of... So the voices of the Incarnation, and we're talking about the voice voices of faith today. Thank you. So you're all on record. So at the beginning of the message, that's when we want to light that. So. Um, but the faith of Joseph. So here we are in, in Matthew chapter 1. Thank you, Marcia. Um, Matthew chapter 1, where we read then of Joseph um, in verse 18, that the birth of Jesus Christ was as follow: after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together. That's an important little phrase, right? Before they came together. Because if they had joined together, if they were, if they consummated the marriage, then you wouldn't know whose child this was. Okay? Big deal. Little statement, big deal. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Stop. Isn't that total conjecture? Strike that from the records. Can We can't prove that. We can. It's in the scriptures, right? Who had ever been found to be of, from the Holy Spirit before. What record do we have of this? How do you go back and prove this? I mean, clearly, if you're Joseph, and Mary comes to you, and she says, Joseph, sit down. In fact, you might want to lay down. Because <laughs> even if you're sitting, you're probably going to pass out. So I'd rather have you lay down for this one. Um, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, I just had this angel come to me and the angel said i was gonna be pregnant and it happened <laughs> what well the angel said i was gonna become pregnant and it happened mary what are you telling me um i'm telling you i'm pregnant and it's not yours but it's god's it's god's oh okay yeah okay that's really cool i I like that that's really that's yeah i, I get that okay yeah, I've seen how that happened. Yeah, I mean I remember so and so that happened to them, and so and so that happened to them, and so and so that happened to them. And so yeah, yeah, okay, cool. This happened to my girlfriend too. It's early good. Okay. So we're betrothed, we're just not gonna have fulfilled it till after the baby comes and think about that. I I again now I'm Joseph, right? And I got my my betrothed, my virgin, you know, who's now telling me she's not a virgin. That she's pregnant, because I in my mind, those two things, what, go together. But they're not together, because she's still a virgin, and she's still pregnant. And those two things, again, don't come together in my brain. And so, Chuck? That's a good conjecture that she went for three months and came back to him. I think that actually the three months comes after him telling her. I think this is part of, I think for me, this is all conjecture, but from my conjecture of it, I think this is part of Joseph's deliberation. And so, um, because he was of a mind not to make a public spectacle of her. And so, at this moment, he could do what with her? According to the law. Have her stoned to death. Now, I don't know in Roman law whether they would like that a whole lot, but they did it with Stephen. So, you know, probably they could have done this. And so, yeah, according to law, she should have been dragged out, just like that um, the woman who found an adultery was with Jesus, right? They were getting ready to stone her. And so, clearly, I mean, she's pregnant. She had to have, she, because Joseph's saying, it's not mine. She's agreeing it's not his. And she's going to hide behind this cloak of, but it's the Holy Spirit's oh yeah right okay we got that one and so and so think about joseph at this moment he loves mary It's has got to have loved mary but i think even more so he loves the lord in i'm conjecturing i'm conjecturing i'm, I'm, I'm honest okay because i'm putting myself in joseph's spot did you ever wonder sometimes whether is god really doing this and i don't want to say no because god is able to do what Exceeding abundantly above all that I ever could think, he's able to do the impossible, and and I do know from Scripture that this is going to happen. But it really couldn't happen to me. I mean, who am I that God would choose me to be that person? I know me. I'm just a run-of-the-mill old... I mean, you think it he'd choose somebody. It was really somebody to do this thing. And so I think Joseph, you know, he's struggling here. Um, what he's going to do with her? Verse 19, Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, these things, I think there's a whole lot of stuff going on in his brain right now. And do you think the Holy Spirit's convicting him? I think so. I think that's the job of the Holy Spirit, is to convict somebody of righteousness, judgment, and sin. So I think that he's probably got this thing going on. Well, Mary's never lied to me. This isn't consistent with her, her, her past. I, I'm just really... But yet she is, and this doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, I don't want to have her stoned because I just don't know. And so if I just put her away, then all of a sudden... This happens. So, Joseph is deliberating. And as he's deliberating, he gets the angel come to see him. So, verse 20. While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So, he didn't get the actual guy standing there. Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is... I think there's probably an emphasis on the is. Is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. She will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Which means what? Say, say again? Salvation. Yeah, yeah. Not the name though. But think about it. Um, that he's got this dream. And in the dream the angel says, this thing of Mary is, is of the, the Holy Spirit. And, and he's going to come forth. And this is what he's going to do. And you will call his name Jesus means, so forget Jesus for a second, I don't mean that way, but the the name, you will call his name Jesus. You're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to do this thing, Joseph. You can do this thing. This is God's will for you. She is pregnant. It is of the Holy Spirit. He is going to save his people. And guess what? You are the guy. And as the dad, the stepdad, the visible dad, you get to name him. Remember when when Elizabeth, you know, they're, they're trying to, to name the child Zacharias and they're saying, no, no, she's saying the name is John. And they're thinking, oh, she's this woman, she's, you know, whatever. And so they go to Zacharias and, and so he finally says, give me a pad. And he writes, his name is John. Because it was the dad's ultimate right to name the child. You will call him Jesus. You will be in the role of the father. I think that's really kind of cold. Again, who am who am I? And so there's this consideration then of Joseph's dilemma. And it wasn't put off. It wasn't like, I man, lack of faith, you can't believe your wife? Well, no, at this one I can't believe my I mean it's just really a struggle for me to to really believe that my wife is telling me the truth at this moment because I've never experienced anything like this. I don't have anything to go back on. I just have one verse in Isaiah and I have a hard time believing that I'm the guy. And yet, all it takes is what? One dream. I don't know about you. I might be thinking about the pepperoni pizza I ate the night before. You know, was it the gefilte fish? You know, was it bad? Was it cooked wrong? I mean, what, what, you know, but... He sees the vision in the dream. He knows it's from God. And then he what? He accepts it. We have this communication of Messianic deliverance, which I want to talk about because he goes into detail about this. So, um, verse 20. uh, He will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might fulfill which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So, first of all, we have this foretelling um, of his name. That it's going to be Jesus, and that again then means salvation. Yahashua, Yahweh saves. Okay? And then his purpose, his purpose is going to be then consistent with his name, and that is he will save his people from there's sins, but there's also then this fulfillment of his name. And so you're going to call him Jesus, but he's going to be referred to as what? Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Just like we talked about in the introductory part about the Feast of the Incarnation, that Yahweh declared that he was going to come and he was going to be amongst us, that um, he was in the world, the world was made by him, and the, wor- the world knew him not. The word became flesh and it dwelt among us, that God himself was going to come and he was going to be among us. And so Emmanuel was his name, but then his identity as well is be that he would be he would be the Messiah. Joseph now has the same decision to make, doesn't he? Just like Mary, he's got a decision to make. What's he going to do as a result of this vision from God in his dream? How's he going to play it out? Well, what do we read? Verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till he had brought forth till she had brought forth her firstborn son, son, and he called his name Jesus. Again, small little details. But he did exactly what he was commanded to do by God. So let me ask you a question real quick before we go on to those final questions. Whose act of faith was the greater act of faith? Was it Mary's or was it Joseph's? The answer should be yes. Equally, they had a huge step of faith. On their own. I mean, you could say Joseph because, you know, he actually volitionally had to do something. Mary was just a what? She's just a recipient. It's going to happen to her, and here we go. But the other side is she had to accept this because she was going to become a social disgrace in her culture because of what was going to happen to her. So both of them equally had this huge crisis of faith where they had to make the decision what they were going to do with God instructing them to do both then i could put the same two final subpoints under joseph as i put under mary it was a, a step of submission and it was a step of faith he had to submit cuz it didn't make sense again it was countercultural you want me to take this woman and yes that's what you're going to do Now what's exciting is like Job, Job goes through this thing and he loses all of his kids and he loses all of his herds and everything else. But at the end of the book of Job, what do we find out that happens with Job? Everything's restored. He gets all these kids and he gets double the the amount of of the the things that he owns. What do we know about Joseph? Now again, this goes against um, those who are of the Catholic faith, but they, they hold to something that's not biblical. What do we know about Joseph? Because he, not because he, but knowing that God did this and he allowed himself to have the span of time, he didn't take his wife to be his wife, okay, but he trusted God in this, what do we know then? Who, what do we know about Joseph and Mary after Jesus is born? Well, he had sons and daughters. Joseph, or Jesus had stepbrothers and stepsisters, Okay important little step there right okay and so but joseph and mary had other sons and daughters can you can anybody tell me a name of one of jesus's stepbrothers james how about another one jude two books of the bible and james the elder not the greater he was the lesser but he was the elder in the book of acts okay james the greater was the 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 son or the brother of john it was james and john anyways And so the two james they had different names james the greater and james the lesser but james the el- the brother of jesus was the lesser but he was the elder uh, yeah anyways so he became he became the primary elder of the church of jerusalem in fact that was when you look read acts 15 the jerusalem council when they're trying to determine what gentiles need to do it's james the stepbrother of jesus who didn't believe in jesus who, who didn't I mean even to the, the point of the I mean to the death of Jesus he wasn't there yet they thought that he something was weird you know and it wasn't until afterwards that he accepted who Jesus was what a transformation in his life and becomes an elder but Joseph and Mary then are blessed blessed when they took the step of faith they trusted that God, Would do with them whatever he chose to do. And God used him in such a mighty and special way. That's exciting to me. So, in the end, what if you were Mary? Or Joseph? I can ask the question what would you do? What would you have said? Where would you have gone with it? But just that by itself to me is a pondering thing. What if you were Mary? Just let it run. What if you're Joseph? Do you believe that God can and will accomplish anything and everything that He has declared? We say that. We say yes. But again, how we how we live that out really speaks. Faith is the substance of things hoped for; it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith without works is dead. We can say what we want to say about what we believe, but truly our faith is going to be evidenced in our life, in what we do. Is God then limited? Again, I know we're here in the church. The Bible answer is no. But sometimes I think we act that way. Is there something that God has asked you to do on which you're holding out? You think, oh, he couldn't be asking me to do that. I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not trained to do that. I've got to leave that to the professionals. Oh, well, no, he wouldn't ask me to leave all this to do this. No, he wouldn't. Maybe he does. Maybe it's not according to what you thought was the plan. But it's according to what God knows is the plan. And how God wants to use you. You need to be willing to allow God to be the one who dictates how he wants to use you. Is there then a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your great love and your great mercy. Lord, I am amazed as I think of the ways that you used Mary and Joseph and their response to you. Their belief Their simple belief that you were able to accomplish what you had declared. Lord, as we read your word, we recognize the fact that there are so many things that you have called for us to do. You have challenged us to go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of father son the holy spirit and teaching them the things that you've taught us and yet sometimes i wonder whether we really believe that you have all authority and that you've given us that authority to do that as well whether we believe that the holy spirit will come alongside us in that lord help us to do the things by faith that you've called us to do lord if there's any that are amongst us that you you're calling whether to go into the mission field or whether to become more vocal in their in their workplace or in the um in the, the marketplace lord that, that they would by faith be willing to trust you that they may sow in water but you're the one who's going to get the increase it may be another area that you want to use us but god that by faith that we would trust and we would believe We do believe that Jesus is coming back one day. But Lord, help that intellectual belief truly be a committed faith and that we would live our life today like we believe that we might be meeting him today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.